Support for On Being with Krista Tippett comes from the Fetzer Institute, helping build the spiritual foundation for a loving world. Fetzer's new study, What Does Spirituality Mean to Us?, reveals how spirituality informs our understanding of ourselves and each other and inspires us to take action for the common good. Explore these findings and more at spiritualitystudy.org. I'm Krista Tippett. Up next, my unedited conversation with clinical therapist and trauma specialist Resma Menakam. There is a shorter produced version of this, as always, wherever you found this podcast. I'll go take a listen. Then... So, you know, I, I have to say we, I, I, I knew of your work, and then when we started, you know, actively talking about doing this, yeah. but I hadn't connected you to... I was like, who have I heard talking about Resma, Resma, Resma? Because it's an unusual name. It's right. a Do- Sandra Samuels ah. and, and Brian, you know? Yeah. And because um, they're friends, and I know we'd had, we've had these long dinners over yeah. the years. And I'm like, that's where it is. Yeah. And of course that's where it is because you're here. But I don't think I – like I kind of knew about you. Yeah. And then I wasn't connecting you with that person yeah. who's here yeah. Yeah. in our city. That's it. And that's so, it. That's yeah. It. Uh, I am – I, I have to just keep saying this. This is blowing me away. I'm, 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 I'm serious. I'm, I am, I am like, I'm fanning right now. I'm fanning. So I'm, I'm gonna get it together. Okay. But I just <laughs> get over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, no, yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's so great to have you here. Thank and you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want it. Let's. I think we should just start. Yeah. And when everything I'll say, I'll say it That's with everybody it. else in the room. That's it. Um, That's it. <laughs> Yeah, let's just do that. Because um, okay. I, 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 I'm tempted to kind of say things to let's warm up, it. but I think they can be part of the conversation. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I am curious. Um, I've read you and listened to you. Mm-hmm. This question that I that I that I usually ask mm-hmm. about the religious or spiritual background mm-hmm. of someone's childhood. Yeah. How how do you think about that? And you know, however you define that now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really look, I don't look at the, I don't look at myself as a religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think early on I had a number, my, my family was uh, born, uh, or my family, I was raised Baptist, right? Um, and I had very early on, I uh, noticed just things that didn't sit right. And and one of them was um, my grandmother. We used to spend a lot of time at my grandmother's house in Milwaukee. And she used to go to this church up the street. <clears throat> and um, the church got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the minister got better cars. His wife got better cars. And I'm watching this watching my neighbor my grandmother's neighborhood just decay mm. while this church is and and even though I couldn't articulate what was happening it was something that I knew I needed to pay attention to and so I I knew early on that that wasn't for me um however I have always considered myself to be tied to something now I want to be clear here when I say tied to something, I'm not talking about the objective idea of God, right? I'm not talking about some white man up in a right. cloud, you know, uh, you know, dispensing favors or 
wrath, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm really talking about the idea that um, that uh, creation evolves and emerges continuously and through me, mm. um, and that and that. Um, um, the more I reclaim that, this idea of racialization has has created a cleave, if you will, mm. and um, and people have benefited. You know, some people got very, very, and some um, uh, countries got very, very rich on that idea of racialization, and so. For me, this all comes, you know, the, you know, you started off asking me a question about religion, but this all comes together for me because there is a reclamation and an emerging that I think we have to start to, re, that we have to start really reclaiming. Um, um, and, and it means that there's going to be some pain in going through that. Mm-hmm. And so th- th- that's kind of how I think about religion. And I love that because, I mean, that's, that's a really cosmic picture. Yeah. And it's beautiful to have that frame, yeah. like where you go with that, yeah. which is flesh and blood yeah. and nervous system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it's the, our bodies yeah. and it's on the ground. That's it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, always, I'm always curious, like, you know, is it also like where, where the early roots of what people's passion and calling become. Yeah, and yeah. it feels to me like it's right here in the title yep. of the book, yeah. Your Grandmother's Hands. That's it. That's it. That, 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 that my grandmother, the women in my family, you know, I, 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 I have this sense. So, so, so when I talked about creation earlier, mm-hmm. one of the things for me is that um, as this emergent quality of, 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 of creation um, um, as an emergent quality, my thing is this: when creation decided, or when 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 human when the idea of of humanness came about, the first representation of that was the black woman. Hmm. Now I'm not fighting nobody about that. <laughs> if you if you want to fight with me about that, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to continue the conversation. That is, for me, where it starts. And so, and so my grandmother and my mother and the black women in my life have always been that protector and that nurturer and that, and that person that would get at your butt, right, and say, yeah, you can do it and let's keep moving. And my wife, mm. right? Mm. That 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 is not just a that is not a that's not aberration, right? That's not that's not that's not that that's that is a symbol of creation. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my grandmother and and the story I talk about with her hands is that piece around creation and emergence, even in the midst of anguish and horror. Yeah. So right? describe her hand. So my grandmother, my grandmother was not a very big woman, right? And she was, she was, a, she was, she, she was a little, I would, <laughs> this is going to be funny. <laughs> I would say skinny, stout woman, right? She was, she was, she was stout, but she was, she was not a big woman, okay. right? And so my grandmother was the, probably one of the funniest people that I, that I ever, my, my grandmother, my grandma. <laughs> 
my brother's gonna be listening to this. They're gonna be like, dude, you shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> but, but, but my grandmother, my grandmother used to walk through, like, my grandmother could cook, right? Yeah. And she would hum and, and all of this different type mm. of stuff. Mm. And one of the things that she used to do is, like, she, she loved passing gas. Right, okay. and she, and, okay. and so she would she would pass gas, and everybody and all of the everybody would go, who grandma, grandma, and she would she she just walk away and my be children louder. would have loved her. <laughs> right, and so one of the things that happened is that my grandmother used to always shake her hand and complains of and complain of arthritis. And so when she used to lay on the couch, so in black families, we always had two TVs, right? We had a big, ornate TV that was on the ground that never showed the picture. It only had sound. And then we had the one up on the top that either showed the picture or the sound. And so we'd have both running at the same time, right? So so my grand, so we would be watching the Bucks game or something like that. My grandmother loved the Milwaukee Bucks. So we would be sitting there, and then she would drape her, her legs across our lap. So if I'm laying there, she'd drape, drape her legs across the lap, and then her hand would rest on her thigh, and she would turn the other way and be watching TV. And so we would just rub her hands, Right, and and she she'd sit there and we'd be rubbing Is her. Is it just something you always remember doing? Yeah. rubbing your grandmother's yeah, hands. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, just rub, just rub them. And yeah. I and I can't remember the exact age of what I was, but I was rubbing her hands one day and I was comparing her hands to my hands. Yeah. And so I'm rubbing them and I'm rubbing them, and all of a sudden, um, something came to me, and I go, Grandma, and this was a half joking. I had. The tonal quality in my voice, there was a half joke there, right? And I said, Grandma, why are your hands so fat like that? Yeah. As I'm rubbing her hands. And without missing the beat, my grandmother didn't even look at me. She goes, oh, boy, that's from picking cotton. I sat there. And I'm like, from picking cotton? And she, she must have picked up, the, uh, picked up the tone. And she looked at me and saw me. And she goes, boy, you ever seen a cotton plant? Yeah. And that's the quality that was in her throat. And I'm like, no. And so now I'm not rubbing her hands anymore. She takes her other hand and she does her hands like this. She goes, them damn cotton plants got a burr in them. They got a burrs in them like that. And she goes, I started walking up and down them roads when I was four years old. And she said, as you walking up and down the roads, you put your hands in, them cotton plants rip your hands up. And so when they rip your hands up, your hands bleed. And this is the tonal quality she's having in her throat. Right. Now, I don't know what that is, but I know it's something I need to pay attention to. Right. And so I'm looking at her. So and you're she, feeling what's going on in her body that's as right. much as the word she's saying. That's right. Right yeah. there. That's, yeah. the, that, that's, the, that's the energy. You know, yeah. um, um, Einstein said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, but it can be thwarted. It can be manipulated. It can be moved around. When we're talking about trauma, when we're talking about historical trauma, intergenerational trauma, persistent institutional trauma, and personal traumas, whether that be childhood, adolescence, or adulthood, those things, when they are left constricted, right, yeah. be, you begin to be shaped around the constriction. And, they, and they are, it is wordless. It, time decontextualizes trauma. So when my grandmother is saying that, mm-hmm. I need to pay attention to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even if I, and for her, it's decontextualized. So, would, so she doesn't even have a context for it, right? right? And so, so as she's saying that, I said, oh. And then she said, yeah. And then she turned back and started watching TV again. Right. Right? right? I was very young when that happened. 
I didn't remember that story again until I started writing the book. Really? When I was 48 years old. And then didn't your mother tell you yeah. that it was also two of her feet? Yeah. So 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 after the book was written, after my mom, my mother... So it was only after... So this was just in the last couple of years. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so once she, once my mother read it, my mother read the book, and she read it, and then she never told me she read it. And then one day I was down in Texas with her, and my mother goes, she goes, I read your book. I said, yeah. I said, what'd you think? And she goes, it was beautiful, and I love what you did with my mother. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, that was grandma. And she said, I'm surprised you didn't... <laughs> She said, I'm surprised you didn't talk about her feet. And I said, her feet? And she said, yeah, you you didn't say, when you talked about the cotton thing, you didn't talk Mm -hmm. about her feet. And my silly brain, the first thing I thought about, they made her pick cotton with her feet? Like, like, what's with it, right? That's what's going on. She goes, no. She goes, she didn't have shoes. Right. Right. So as she, they were walking up and down them rows, them birds would break off and they cut her feet. That's why her feet, and then they, the, the image of her feet popped mm-hmm. into my head. My grandmother mm-hmm. had a thick sole around the bottom mm-hmm. of her feet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. And so, 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 so that, those types of things is what started, like, I've always thought about this type of stuff. But, but there were, th- pretty seminal things that happened in my life that made it so I was able to actually sit down and write it and put things in place. And here's the interesting thing about the book is that I believe, like, when, 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 when bodies of culture come up to me and talk to me, if a black woman or, or indigenous woman or somebody comes up to me and talk to me, the one thing that they all say is, I've been thinking this my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then when I read it in your book, it made me feel like I wasn't crazy. Because racialization makes us walk around like we're crazy. Like the things that are vibratorily happening to us, the images that are happening, the meaning, all of that different type. The fact that we we walk around with this braceness. Yeah. Right. Because we're infected by this this idea of that the white body is the supreme standard. Right. And 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 to have somebody I've done I've done workshops where I've said just said to the said to the people in there, the, the bodies of culture. I've looked at them and I said, you are not defective. Right. Just saying that you you know, tears start to well up in people's faces. You know, I feel like, um, you know. There's a lot that you, with with this work you're doing and the way you're pulling things together, including a lot of new science, yeah, yeah. really new science. Yeah. Um, you're you're saying some things that are just kind of that are radically true mm. in the in the root meaning of the word radical. Just mm. getting back to the core, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, actually, basic fundamental things that we do carry around knowing. That's right. Um, So I want to, you know, that's part of what I want to kind of walk through as I have, as I read it and then just, you know, pull out more from you. Mm -hmm. Um, One way I've thought about um, this time we're living in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was born in 1960. Mm. So like those of us who lived through the 60s, although I mean, I was a child, but still it's in my body too. That's right. I feel like. You know, there's so many ways to analyze what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. but one thing I feel has become un, unseeable mm-hmm. 
is that there was a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. felt like a lot of progress was made. A lot of new laws were passed Mm -hmm. that were revolutionary in their way. Mm -hmm. But a way that I've thought about it is that we changed the law. And certainly, I mean, it's true in many areas, including with gender, you know, with the relationship between women. But it's absolutely true with with race or on race. And I felt like we changed the laws, but we didn't change ourselves. And and to me, what you speak into that mm-hmm. very concretely, and you know, you make this. You know, you say <laughs> we tried to teach our brains to think better about race, mm-hmm. which you know makes sense. Like it felt like that was a good That's idea, right. but it didn't take us. It's, we we tried to work on it in terms of ideology and public policy and politics, but you know, you have this radical statement mm-hmm. that. While we see anger and violence in the streets of our country, the real battlefield is inside our bodies. In all of our, I mean, I'm saying this, all of our bodies of every color. You say, if we are to survive as a country, it is inside our bodies Mm -hmm. where this conflict needs to be resolved. Mm -hmm. That the vital force between white supremacy is in our nervous systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just watching you say that, right? Yeah. This this is why I, I talk the way that I talk, right? Is because <clears throat> so so. Let me start with just a definition first. Yeah. So, the premise of the work is predicated on the idea that there was a certain time where the white body became the supreme standard by which all bodies humanity shall be measured. If you don't understand that, everything about America will confuse you. Everything about racialization will confuse you. And that's a and that's a and that's a one way to t- start defining what white supremacy is. That's it. Because you know, and I want to say, like I, and I think you'll understand this. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel it feels controversial, and a little scary to say, yeah. but I always avoid using the language of white supremacy right away right. with a white audience because. I want people to be able to hear what's said yeah. and have it land in their bodies. Yeah. And as you as you know, so I think like even that language is so important. Yeah. It's so important that yeah. it's risen up in our midst that yeah. it's becoming part of the vocabulary. Right. But this is one way to define it yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's white though. To be white is a norm. Yeah. And to not be white is a deviation from the norm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, so can I push back on you? A little yes, bit? you can. Please do. <laughs> I want you to push yeah, back yeah. on me. Yeah. <clears throat> White bodies have to start saying this. They have to ha- start saying? The white body supremacy, that the white body is the supreme standard by which all bodies' humanity shall be measured. Right. They have to start saying, because here, here's, 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 here's why I say that. Because if you don't, the standard will reign supreme. Mm-hmm. It, so, 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 so I have white people that call me, contact me, want to do, uh, want, want me to come and do some consulting with them, stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the things I'm always clear about is that if you can't say the term yeah. white body supremacy, mm-hmm. but that's a, that you're you're nuancing the term yeah. in a really useful way and yeah. a way that I'm is operationalizing in, it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Because white supremacy. When people say white supremacy, mm-hmm. like the average. So I, I I talk about this this thing where I say there's a difference between a progressive racist mm-hmm. and a devout racist, right? right? And the difference is just where you land on the continuum. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the only difference. That, mm-hmm. that, that, and that is a very movable piece, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so one of the things that I say about the idea of racialization in, in, in white supremacy is that 
the white body is used to hearing things that make it comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And so when you say something like white supremacy, right, especially here in Minnesota, everybody goes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? And then what happens is it goes, just the term, like mm-hmm. white supremacy mm-hmm. is a very intellectual term. It doesn't land in the body. No, because also, as you point out, most people th- think, but that's not me. That's not me. Right? Yes, I want to talk about it, but you're not talking about me. I'm a that's good right. person. You're talking about Trump. You're talking about them. You're talking mm-hmm. about, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about my mean uncle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say white body supremacy, mm-hmm. because what I'm saying is, is that there was there. So when we talk about white body supremacy, we are talking about genocide. Mm-hmm. We are talking about land theft. Mm-hmm. We are th- talking about enslavement. We are talking mm-hmm. about colonialism and imperialism. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And some people not. And this is another some pe- not some people are not privileged from that. They are advantaged from that. There's a difference. What's the difference? So the advantage means that you you actually you actually have a leg up, right? An active operational leg up. Right. When you say privilege, you're like, oh, I've privilege, but he has privilege too. He has two legs, and he has right. We, right. we that's the way we genuflect it. Right. What I'm saying is, there is an advantage, a a a right. a a. a, a almost a DNA level advantage mm-hmm. to being white in this world, mm-hmm. right? And we all know it. Let me give you one quick example, okay? Quick example is this. In, in, in this, uh, um, I, I get asked to come and do a lot of talking, right? And, and recently I got asked to come and talk to uh, like 300 people who were DEI yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about DEI yeah, later. Right, <laughs> right. Let's not get into it yet because <laughs> okay, it could take us. Okay, a... okay, but yeah, but <laughs> no, you can tell this. No, okay, tell the story, tell but we may want to come back. Yeah, to let's DEI. come back to it. Okay, so, <laughs> so 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 here's the deal. Yeah, when you talk about and di- we say diversity, diversity equity, 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 inclusion, and inclusion yeah, right? Yeah. And 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 even when you say it, everybody kind of like their eyes get dreamy, right? It's like this. Oh, diversity, equity, inclusion, right? right. But if you don't define what that means, yeah. it can mean Taco Tuesday. It can mean, you know, Collard Green Wednesday. Right. It can be, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It can be anything that's kind of uh, cursory, yeah. right? I'm yeah. not saying that. Yeah. that so, yeah. so, so one of the questions that I asked when I went to this thing, they asked me to come. Yes, we really want you to be here, and that was my white voice. We really want you to come here and do this thing, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yeah, right. yeah. But, but 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 so 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 what happened was, I asked one question. I said, "How many people in here believe in diversity?" Everybody shot their hands up. Yeah. Boom. Everybody. I said, "Answer this one next question," and they and I said, "Don't don't bring your hands down. Answer this question. Diverse." From what? Right. Because when you say diversity, yeah. that means you start someplace first and then you diversify from it. I know. Right? Hands start coming down. Because we all know it intrinsically. Yeah. Right? But if you don't say it, then it's not operational. Yeah. And, and, and white comfort trumps my liberation. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We always want that. We all, we, we, even, even bodies of culture genuflect to white comfort because we know when white people get nervous, people lose their jobs. When white people get nervous, mm-hmm. people get hung from trees. Mm-hmm. When white people get when white people get nervous, people get put in ca- babies get put in cages. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to back up a little bit and talk about your particular way into this Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. with the focus on the trauma uh, that is actually in all of us. Um, And you're working, you know, you're... You're you're working with realities that are as old as the human brain and body, but very new science. Yes. I mean, and so I'm curious about. Um, so you know, it's it's the it's you know it's the science of trauma. I mean, PTSD. Everybody knows that yeah. now, but it's just a couple decades That's old. That's right. You're absolutely right. The whole uh, field of epigenetics That's about it. how trauma and resilience get, can cross generations. 14, there's, there's, I just read somewhere it says 14 generations now. 14, right. So this is all new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you say, it it's new information that lands like, oh, of course we knew that all along. But, right, but, but so it's old, but it's new. Yeah. So um, I'm really curious. Was I mean, I know that you spent some time um, working in military bases yeah. in Afghanistan. I'm just curious about when... And how you started to learn yeah. all of this and how it landed in your body. Yeah. And was it there? Was it in Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always been there. It's, there's always been this um, this kind of uh, resonance knowing um, that something's there. Haven't because, because it's been decontextualized and handed down from my mom, my mom, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, blah, 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 all the way yeah. down. Yeah. I didn't have a language for it, but there was a knowing that this ain't right. Um, that a lot of tra- that they lived through a lot of trauma. Not just that they lived through that. Not just that they lived through trauma, but that the angst and the anguish was decontextualized, right. and so now, so it, so 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 trauma, so racism, white body supremacy, and racialization as pedagogy is in and in and of itself traumatizing for for my black body to be born into a society mm-hmm. by which the white body is the standard is in and of itself traumatizing right, right. before it's traumatized but put it this way if my mom is born as a black woman into a society that predicates her body as deviant the the, the amount of cortisol that is in her nervous system when I'm being born right. is teaching my nervous system something. Right. Right? Right. And so when I was a, when I got asked to go over to Afghanistan, well, not asked, well, my brother was a police officer, and he was over there training Afghani police. Oh, so that's how you, and he's that, still a police officer, Yeah, he's right? still a police officer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. my dude. Yeah. And so he called me one day, he called me one day, and he said, hey, dude, uh, now this is my brother I didn't know my whole life. And he goes, hey, dude, I got a question to ask you. I said, yeah. He said, so do you know anybody that does any trauma work or anything like that, you know, working with people that are traumatized? And I'm listening to him. I said, what? He goes, dude, I'm trying to, I need to ask you a question. We need to find somebody. I'm trying to find somebody who, who works with trauma. And I asked him again. I said, are you serious? And my brother cusses a lot. So he, <laughs> he cusses. And, and yeah. I said, dude, that's what I've done my whole life. Like, how are you even asking me? So you're me a therapist. This? I'm a therapist. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I'm a clinical <laughs> therapist. He's calling me asking me that, right. like, if I know somebody. Right. He said, well, I knew that was running around in the back of my head. That's why I was calling you. Right. So so what happened was is I, uh, uh, I said, well, what's the deal? He said, well. Over here, the military have ways of dealing with with uh, uh, the military, the, the the soldiers and stuff like that. When they get hit or something happens or there's suicidal stuff or st- high stress, toxic stress stuff, they have ways of, of, of managing that. Yeah. The military contractors over here do not. They don't have anybody. Uh-huh. 
right? Gosh. They don't have nobody that knows what to look for, right? right? So I, so he, so my brother goes, and my brother says, you know, dude, is you know, would you ever think about coming over here? And I was like, absolutely not. There's no way I'm coming over there. I said, first of all, my wife ain't going for that, <laughs> right? Yeah. I said, second of all, blah blah blah, blah. and he goes, dude, hold on. Let me tell you how much they're paying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And then yeah. I said, I said, and then he said, I said, dude, I don't care how much they pay. Wait a minute. That well, he said, yep, for a year. So I, so I go and talk to my wife. And before I could get the words out, my wife goes, she, I said, hey, I talked to Chris today. She goes, yeah, how he doing? I said, he doing all right. She goes, you know, I still can't believe he took his butt over there and right. left his family over there. I'm like, oh, right, this, right, ain't going, right, right. this ain't going well. Yeah. So what ended up happening was I, me and her ended up coming to a, uh, um, uh, some type of agreement, coming to an agreement that mm-hmm. I would go over there for a year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would give me a chance to practice like right, right in the middle of it, right? And so when I land, so, so I've been one to always track my body. So as I was going through each one of the, each part of the process, I was, even if I didn't know an answer, I was trying to come up with what's, what's happening here. And so... Um, one of the things that I realized is that there is a total disorientation the moment you land in Afghanistan, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I, my, I was responsible for 53 bases in southern Afghanistan. I was the only therapist. So whenever we would get hit, whenever there was a, a suicide, whenever there was a breach, whenever like whatever, I would have to go process the base. I'd get on the plane or the helicopters and go process the base. Uh, there were other therapists who showed up, but they never lasted more than two months. So I, for those two years, um, uh, uh, my boss Dan, who was a who was an old uh, old Marine, right? Uh, he took care of me, and, mm-hmm. and this is the thing about the, about that that experience is that I figured out how important it was to have connections with people that you actually had some resonance with, that they actually cared about you. Right. Because had it not been for Dan, had it not been for Michelle, had it not been for for Joel, for people that. Um, I had to work with, um, none of us would have, it it was a very hard thing. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm flying around and doing all this stuff, what's happening is in order for me to survive that and hear things and see things and smell things, you know, they have this thing over there, these things called poop ponds uh, in, in, uh, in Kandahar, where all of the poop sewage flies into these ponds because they don't have a, right? So, so you're smelling crap all the time, right? Right, and so that's a, like all of these are attacks in, in, on the body, and you override it in order to be able to do what you need to do. Right. And so I did that for a year, and then after the year, my boss comes up to me and he goes, "Hey," he says, "We don't have anybody else. You're getting ready to leave. We don't have anybody else. Would you think about staying?" And without even batting an eye, I said, "Yes." Absolutely. Mm. And that's when I knew I was hooked. Not hooked in a good way, mm. but I was traumatized. But I couldn't stop it. So I came home. They give you like three weeks to come home. So I came home and still didn't tell my wife. God. Yeah. Still didn't tell my wife. How long ago was this? This was in 2013. Okay. And then I come home two days before I'm getting ready to leave, I tell her. Crushed her. Yeah. Hurt her. I still yeah. think about how bad I hurt her. Yeah. Right. And and I couldn't help it. I felt here's the deal. My body was so oriented to that that here felt weird. 
it was weird to be here. It was weird well, to lay in. That's what people a, say when they've been at war. Right? Yeah, soldiers. Say yeah, that. it's yeah. it's your your body, and this is this makes sense biologically, right? Because yeah. your body is yeah. so oriented to that, right? Yeah. That here is actually you actually experience experience a sense of unsafety here compared to being over there. Right. And so I went back. My wife called me about three weeks after I got back over there, and she told me, "You do that to me again, yeah. don't come home." And the good thing she said that, because if she hadn't said that, mm-hmm. when, when my boss came up to me again and asked me again, because he asked me again, mm-hmm. I was able to say, nope, I'm going to get, get uh, if I stay here, mm-hmm. I am not going to be married. And he looked at me, and this is this morbid, this is the morbid stuff that we do to each other over there. Yeah. He goes, I, I'm, su- I'm going home. I'm surprised you did it the first time, <laughs> right? And I was like, dude, how come you didn't tell me that? He goes, because I needed somebody to be here, right? So, so, so that 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 experience, Galvin, that experience, and then coming home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Come, I did it from 2011 to 2013. Um, I had good friends over at Paul Mott who who there was a lot of people who helped me survive that, right? So when I got back here, one of the things that happened was. Um, I started struggling with suicide, mm. right? Huh. Um, and uh, carrying my weapon around all the time, and and you know just explosive, and you know all that different type of stuff. And my wife was real, and I had lost a lot of weight when I went over there. I was two, I was two fifteen, and I ended up coming back. I was one eighty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very worried about me, but she didn't know how to how to get right. at me. Um, and so uh, it's just I ha- I've had I had a lot of therapist friends uh, who were trauma experts who kept after me, kept after me, and made me come see them, and they came to see me and stuff like that. And eventually, I made my way through. That's when it all came together for me in terms of the race stuff, and right because because that level of kind of pressure made it so made me see the connections, and that's when the book came. So what what were the connections you like? How did so, you start making those connections? So, so the first the first connection was yeah. the 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 pressure, the internal pressure of the body of an experience like yeah. that, yeah. and how if I would have stayed longer, that internal pressure would have would have would have been normal, right? right? One of the things I say about trauma is that trauma decontextualized in a person looks like looks like a personality. Trauma decontextualized in a family looks like family traits. Trauma in a culture, uh, or trauma in a people looks like culture. Right. 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 And all it takes is time, and di- time decontextualizes the trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And so over time, you're just operating with that thing without realizing there's a constriction, but the body still holds the constriction. Right. Right. And you know it. Right. And so that's one of the things. Um, the other thing was the whole setup in, uh, in terms of being over there, having to do this job and having this whole kind of invisible structure controlling everything, controlling where you went, how you ate, mm-hmm. the food that came on, mm-hmm. the garbage that went off, all of that. And that that's where the racialization as pedagogy came in. Mm-hmm. Right. That this stuff is not episodic. Like we look at Trump and we go, oh, my God, that is so horrible. We look at this person, you know, Charlottesville is so horrible. And what I say is, no, that's pedagogy. The racialization is is the operational structure. White body supremacy is the operational structure. Right. And if you only think about it as strategy and not how it lives and operates in the body, you've lost it. Mm-hmm. This is why when white people say to me, well, I read your book. I got 
so much out of your book. Your book was wonderful. It changed my life. Yeah. And now we're, I'm going to teach it in my book club. And they don't see any irony in it. Mm-hmm. They had, it's like, oh, that's Lord. a good strategy. I will take that, right? And, right? and I will not develop a container by which I can which I can be with other white people and deal with this stuff with other white bodies, right? I'm not going to do that. Well, so so one <laughs> so one of the other. Well, I, I want to I want to say this first: the, the epigenetics piece, yeah. which is really, really, really new. Yeah. Which says um, that that not only so I'm so so it sounds like you you had this intense experience that just brought all this home for you. And you felt it in mm-hmm. addition to be able to think about it and, and, and think about how to, how to move through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the, you know, so I interviewed Rachel Yehuda, who you, yeah. who you, you quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's one of the people that's helped us understand this. Mm-hmm. As you said, like the cortisol, like mm-hmm. that things pass through sperm yeah. and yeah. through the yeah. womb and that's it actually right. just makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, but, but I think like this, 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 uh, this insight, this truth that that is true, it's been one thing that's exciting for me about your work mm-hmm. is that it's really then hard to talk about. Well, so what is so? Of course, there are traumatized populations right. walking around. Right. But that's a really hard thing to talk about because I think an easy implication is that you know trauma is destiny. Yes. And and you right? It's not right. It is so not. that part of your work is like yes, absolutely naming this. Yeah. It is real. Yeah. It is serious. Yeah. Um, but it's not destiny. It's not destiny, and and it's like in the act of naming and owning that the possibility of healing and creating, right? Yeah. And creating. So so naming and owning, and then doing something, right? Right. right? right. D- creating so so so, so a, I like you say you put the passion back in compassion. Yeah, right? it's like what you right. say is you do work working compassion. That's right, working yeah. compassion. Right, yeah. it's not yeah. like oh look at that baby in the street. Mm-hmm. Oh here comes a truck. I ain't gonna do nothing. But like look at the baby in the street. Right, compassion is it is my job to make sure that that baby gets out of the street. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and that's where it falls. That's where I think sometimes with academics with this stuff mm-hmm. it falls down. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because, yes, all of this stuff is true. The cortisol, the 14 generations through the sperm, through the egg, all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then operationalizing it and yeah. using it yeah. is a, th- that's not what academics do a lot. Right. And that's right. why I think for me, one of the things that I, I've tried to do with my book is saying, no, there's something you can do. And yeah. if you don't do it, you're supporting a racist system. Right. Right. And so another radical radical insight that you have again like driving back to a core truth is that that black trauma that the that the trauma in black bodies is born not just of white bodies and white people but of that you, you just name and connect our some of the most some of the hardest and also the greatest opportunities for growth we have mm-hmm. With the history of trauma that white people have inflicted on themselves and each other. That's the piece. That's the piece. Okay, that is just, it's such a revelation to join those dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you're actually pretty specific about English people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. But, but not just English people. No, so, 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 so but let, it's a good, yeah, but because it's a, it's we a good think starting of the point. English as drinking tea and having... Right. No, right. They, man. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 one, so the idea yeah. that people could go through a thousand years of the Dark Ages and come out of that unscathed. Right, a thousand five hundred AD to fifteen hundred is yeah. when we're talking about when we say the Dark Ages. That's what we mean when we say the Dark Ages, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so you mean to tell me that the level of brutalization, yeah, the Middle Ages, in, medieval torture yeah, chambers, right. which yeah, is another; yeah, those are two words that follow yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, 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 filleting, whipping. Uh, here, here's the thing: land theft, enslavement, yeah, imperialism. Colonialism, yeah. genocide, all of that, and and also and yeah, and people being burned at the stake. That's, but that, and you know the Tower of London that we go to ta- as a tourist attraction, right. and it's one torture contraption. Plagues, right, right, right. <laughs> you know all of this stuff happened for a thousand years, yeah, and then that body came here, yeah, right. And the thing that I the thing that I say about that is that this is why I say white people don't 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 look for a black guru, don't look for an indigenous guru. Find other white people and start creating a culture a, 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 a container by which you can begin to work race specifically. Mm-hmm. Not racing this and racing that and racing this and, you know, yeah. bake bread together and do all that. Not that. Not a book club. Right. You specifically deal with the embodiment of race. Right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the energy that's stored with that. Listen, l- let me say this. The, the middle and the dark ages set the table for white, poor white people because they had been brutalized by by powerful white people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It set the table that when powerful white people mm-hmm. in the 1600s came here in America, right. came to poor and white people. we know, pe- right, the, the narrative, they fled. That's right, they, they fled. fled. We never they, think that's these right. are traumatized the, so, people. So the other thing that I, th- yeah. that I say is that when people talk about mm-hmm. the 13 colonies, mm-hmm. the 13 colonies were filled with colonized white people mm-hmm. whenever we talk about colonization we always kind of try and put this this you know right. this indian look or this black right. look right. or this right no. but what we don't realize is that the 13 colonies yeah. were filled with colonized the white Irish. folks yeah. the, you yeah. see what i mean yeah. so 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 what ends up happening is is that when you have that level of brutality mm-hmm. for all that time mm-hmm. and then and then right after the bacon rebellion it's the first time you start to see in-law white persons, yeah. not landowners, not merchants, yeah. white persons. That, that, at that language. That, yeah. That's right. At yeah. that moment, the white body became the standard of humanity. Mm-hmm. Not merchants, not landowners, mm-hmm. not the white body. Because mm-hmm. at that moment, the white body had dominion over and everything else was a deviant, right, mm-hmm. from that. Anti-blackness and, and indigenous invisibility is part of the structure of white supremacy, right? right? White right. body supremacy. Right. So when I say, when, so, so by the time the Baker's Rebellion almost took over Virginia, right, and then, and then about a couple of years later is when you start to see white persons show up in Virginia law, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. By the time they offered that to poor white people and said, hey, 
You won't be white? After all of that brutality, white people said, you mean all I got to do is be white and my babies may not have to go through that? Yeah, I'll take that. Let's take that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was that's what sewed it in. So now they saw their allegiance more with white landowners than the enslaved Africans right. that they were rebelling it with. Right. Right. And so that 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 idea had powerful utility for the other four superpowers. So Belgium mm-hmm. used that. Mm. France used that. Portugal and Spain also use that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That idea of white being human mm-hmm. and the indigenous and the and the black being in, uh, the antithesis of that had powerful utility in terms of enriching those countries. But you're also saying that it it was actually a way of co-opting poor white people into their That's further the traumatization. That's exactly right. That's why what you see now is a is 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 a is is like the flower of the seed of that. That's right. what you're seeing right now. Right. See 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 one of the things. See if you just look at people like uh, McCarthy or Trump or people like that, and you wonder well, how or 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 Hitler or whoever, right? How did they do that? How did they bamboozle people into believing in this dreck, right? Well. One of the ways, if you watch them do it, one of the ways that they do it is that they tie in, they tie in this, um, this resonance that's always there that has never been, that has never been acknowledged, that has mm-hmm. never been put on the table, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you say little things, the body hears, yeah, that's right. They ain't human. Well, one thing that you say, you touched on this a minute ago, but you say that progressive, yeah. that there's a lot of problems with the way progressives <laughs> approach all this uh, well-meaningly. Um, and one of them is, I just want to find this because it's so, that that rather than creating culture, they create strategies, exactly. which again is a head move. That's exactly it's right. It's a cognitive exactly move. Exactly right. But that, but that what, but that what the the other, the, the people who are not ready to reckon with this right. for all these many reasons right create instead is culture. That's exactly right. Symbols, That's right. stories, music. music. Exactly right. And um, and belonging. And, belonging. and that that's so much more powerful than a that's strategy. Exactly right. So 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 if I'm a thirteen year old white boy and I get on the internet and I see symbol, I see ways of uh, rules of admonishment, rules of acceptance Right, a tone, a tone, a cadence. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Um, a dress, an understanding, a rhythm. Right, these are. So I'm not just talking about you know just the kind of you know the things that we that that we see you know the dress and stuff like that. I'm talking about the glue. Right. That the resonant and dissonance glue yeah. that holds things together, and it's about your identity. It's not even necessarily about actions you're going right. to perp- per- right. perpetrate against other people. That's right. It's about how you feel it's, inside your body. It's about how. It's about how. How the re- and this is why I keep coming back to energy, right? Yeah. And I'm not talking about mystical energy. I'm talking about literally how this yeah. stuff, right? And so, and so, one of the things that happens is, I'm a 13 year white boy. I'm lost. But I'm watching this, and they sound, and they have, and they they have a whole history. Yeah. Even if even if I know that the history is 
bunk, right? That that the way that they put it together is is, but it has, but it has a beginning, mm-hmm. a middle, mm-hmm. and an end, mm-hmm. right? And we all like a good story, mm-hmm. right? I'm 13. Mm-hmm. I'm lost. I'm poor. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm poor is because of these little Mexicans keep coming over here taking my job. Right. Right. The reason why I'm poor is because these black brutes, the only thing that they can do is jump and play football or sing and dance. They've taken my job, and I'm the rightful heir, mm-hmm. right? And and again, like where you, the intelligence you bring to this or you bring together with this is is that, well, I mean, I think it's time to talk about the vagus nerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the fact, so when I watch the news these days, yeah. and you know, there's so many stories. It'll be about a racial incident. It'll be about the rise of anti-Semitism. Right. It'll be about Islamophobia. It's all the same thing. And I don't understand why we don't just, it's it's all this, it's our it's our primitive brains yeah. that it's, it's people needing to feel safe. Yeah, yeah. And when, and when, and, 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 and creating an other. Yeah. It's just a place our brains go, and right. you can you can substitute in. Yeah. Today it's a Mexican immigrant, yeah. and tomorrow yeah. it's a Muslim. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so so what so, are so, we learning? So, so yeah. let me just say one okay. quick thing about that. Okay. I, I, I promise I'll make it quick. Yeah. So so the 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 important thing about that is that in what you just said is absolutely true. And in the context of racialization, so so yes, we can we can right like because at one point we 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 had the Irish right, right. and at one point we right. had it's the changing. Italians right yeah or the Jews or the Jews right yep. but they all became white okay that's the racialization piece that okay. I'm talking about okay right is always so so what I'm talking about is without regard to identity right mm-hmm. what i'm saying is that if we're talking about jewish people jewish or white jewish people mm-hmm. have a totally different experience than black jewish people or yeah. brown jewish people yeah. Yeah. right this is the, the, so so uh, white christians have a totally different experience right white uh, uh, if somebody is 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 gay or lesbian or something like that that's a different experience than right yeah. so this idea of racialization that's why i'm trying to get us to understand this that yeah. this is not episodic this is structural it mm-hmm. is not about your intrinsic value you right. krista i said before we started I am. I when we sat down, I said I'm fanning over you right now because I don't listen to you for all these years. You are an intrinsically beautiful person, right? I am an intrinsically beautiful person, but the intrinsic value is different than the structural value. The structural value is that Resma, you are a monkey. You are deviant from the human. The human is white. And so what I'm saying is we have to we have to operationalize that and understand that is actually happening. That is a real thing. Mm-hmm. There's some place you said that that also that just follow that is helps that mix. And you said that this move to to creating the category of whiteness mm-hmm. was a species move yes, and not a race. And not move. a race move. That it was about who's human and who's, who's not. not. That the race question in this country is a species question first. Right. And that's just so, you know, it's like mind-blowing and yeah. just also so helpful to think about. And, and it got woven in right. to every process, procedure, and organization. Right. So it got, so that and it was ethos, in the Constitution, that's right? That's what I mean. Like some people weren't, they Not were human. fractions that's of right. human. That, that, that idea was woven through philosophy, woven through education. So when yeah. people say, well, why do we have this education gap? If you don't understand that, the, you'll keep asking that question. Right. Right. 
Um, so what I want you to t- ex- help uh, just explore, because you understand this so well, is what is happening in our yeah. bodies and our brains yeah. um, that that what is the dynamic yeah. that gets unleashed yeah. that then takes us over and and i feel like and i, I mean i just you don't have to just talk about the bigger center but i feel like this is another piece yeah. of knowledge yeah. about ourselves yeah. Yeah. and i i think the way you you apply what we're learning with this yeah. to this particular reckoning yeah. this moment of our you know, possibility yeah. of yeah. becoming more fully human yeah. Yeah. Um, is really, really re- revealing. Yeah. So, so, so the vagal nerve is 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 very important. So, um, so ha- have you? So, I'm gonna ask you a question, Chris. Have you ever been on the phone with somebody that you love? You know, parent, you know, partner, husband, child, and they're talking to you, and all of a sudden you go, "What's wrong?" Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. And you don't even know, like, it's not necessarily, they haven't said anything, they ain't sounding particularly sad, but you go, mm, right? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is quintessentially creation. That's mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, that is, I'm picking, you 3,000 3, miles away, mm-hmm. and I'm picking up on something. And one of the things that I, I talk to people about is that there's this, ner- there's this nerve that comes out of the brain stem, and it's called the wandering nerve. Mm-hmm. And it hits in the face, it hits in the pharynx, it hits in the chest, it hits in the gut, right? It wanders the whole body, right? And it, I believe, is one of the things why we have gut reactions, right? right? Because right. most of that nerve actually ends up in the gut, right? Yeah. And when we're stressed, that gut constricts or, or, or opens, right? And so one of the things that happens is that if I'm with you long enough, like if me and you become friends, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, I will start to hear things in your throat because the vagal nerve is either open or constrict. That's that constriction you heard in your grandmother's That's voice exactly when she right. told you about picking I cotton. needed to pay attention to that, yeah. even if I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Right. And so and so it shows up in the eyes. Mm -hmm. It shows up in the mouth. Mm -hmm. This is why when we're tracking each other. Right. We pick up on things. And even if we don't know what it is, we know Mm -hmm. that was something. But as you say, it it also just shows up in the like to me, the voice carries the body. That's it. Because I what you know, I talk to people a lot about um, about how to have a different kind of conversation. But one thing I'll say, which you just confirm for me and help me understand better is. So many things pass between us at an animal level before any words are spoken or before the first sentence is complete. Before like you can't fake. You can pretend to That's be right. curious. That's you right. can ask a curious question. If you're not actually curious, right. the other person will respond appropriately. That's right. That's the authenticity pieces. Yeah. Right. We we we're, we're hardwired to try and pick up on what's authentic or not. Now. Now, bodies of culture that land in this culture have to pick that up before we even come on the planet. Right. Right. So, so, right. so. Bodies so, of color. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't say bodies of color anymore because because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get, I'm trying to reclaim the idea that I'm actually a human. Right. So, and, so you're saying that the you're formed by the culture. Yeah. Bodies of culture. Yeah. That's okay. Right? okay. Right. And so and so uh, and so and so one of the things that I that 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 happens with the vagus with the vagal nerve. Yeah. There's two. There's the vagal nerve. I call that the soul nerve. And then there's a muscle, the psoas muscle. Right. Yeah. That psoas is a beast. Right. Because the psoas, what it does is it connects to the top part of the bottom with the top part of the body with the bottom part of the body. It also, if you're braced, 
right? It also manages whether or not you mobilize or immobilize, right? And if you're born to people who are already braced, you pick up in your, in your psoas like this kind of locking down, this kind of bracing, right? Right. Decontextualized. And so what I'm so what I've been talking to people about is mm-hmm. how do we begin to do the get the reps in right. with those pieces. So so it is so if I told you today, if I said to you, Krista, I want you to run a marathon. And if you were cool with it, you say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do it with you. I say, okay, we're going to do this together. And you go say, well, when's the marathon? I say tomorrow. You're going to look at me, you're going to go, are you out of your, what's wrong with you? Right. There's no way, right? Because what you know is you're going to need time to begin to what I call condition and temper, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to need time to condition your body to be able to deal with the fact that your toenails are going to fall off, your nipples are going to bleed, your, all of this stuff is, you're going to need to be able to do that, right? Right. And if I slam and you And just in, to keep going, you're going to need to keep going. That's right, and get, yeah. need to keep, deal with yeah. the aches, deal with the yeah. doubt, deal with all of right. that different, you're going to have to right. get up against your own suffering's edge right. before the transformation happens, right. right? But you need to condition that. Why do we think that when we talk about race that that's any different? Why do we right. want to have a, a courageous conversation and and, and slam everybody's bodies in the same room and talk about these things that have all of this historical energy in it. And then you wonder why people stop coming. You wonder why when you say, let's have it, we're going to have, we're going today, we're going to do a DEI something and everybody rolls their eyes. Right. Because intrinsically we know somebody's going to get hurt and it's usually bodies of culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I also... Um, just, you know, in my own way, have had reactions to all those words. Yeah. I, like diversity, I just feel like it, you're, you know, the way you really put a point on it, yeah. it, it actually, it it suggests there's something to diverge from. Yeah, right. I also think that it, it just, it's just like checking boxes. Yeah. Like, which are you? Yeah. Inclusion. Same thing. Inclusion is there's an in and there's still an in and an out. That's exactly right. I mean, I know we need these. I I feel like there's an argument for these words. I get in this conversation with people, but they're they themselves carry. Yeah, they carry the 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 way we've skewed ourselves. But but that's what I'm saying. That that that. So those words genuflect to white comfort. The reason why we say those words is yeah. because it helps white people be comfortable, right? Right. right. For me to say, we're going to have a white body supremacy uh, talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> like deal with the, with the root of yeah. this stuff. But you can't, you can't drop that on people either because they won't be ready to – they'll also brace. But, but let me say this. Yeah. So you just did something that I think is very important. Okay. Okay. If anybody could see yeah. me, I physically yeah. like, you braced. You was like, no, your face yeah. turned red, yeah. right? You like yeah. the whole thing. You was like, yeah. no, you, right? Yeah. That's but see, that's where you start, mm-hmm. right there, yeah. right? Not in this. Let's bring everybody in and mm-hmm. make them all comfortable. Mm-hmm. Bodies of culture are uncomfortable every day. Mm-hmm. White people have the luxury of not being so, right? Right. And what I'm saying is, is that that idea that like just what you did, that, you know, that piece right there, that's where you have to start. And white people have to start with that because the comfort, the genuflect to the comfort is all white. I say this all the time. Whenever I do these things, inevitably, I have some white woman that comes up to me afterwards and starts crying. Right. 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 Yeah. And one of the things that I say about that is that 
White tears, white women's tears can move a nation. They will move people to mobilize. An an indigenous person, uh, woman's tears ain't going to move nothing. Mm -hmm. A black woman's tears ain't going to move nothing. And so so the piece that that I say about that is that this idea of being able to land this race question in a way where white people are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. is a fallacy. It's performance art. Okay. And... But what you do is you offer what happened. So you, okay, so you really do say, let the bracing begin. Yes. And then start healing it there. Right there. Right there. That's the, that, right there. So that's what all these exercises that's what in your all book of the practices and the work you do and that's the work it. you do with police officers right here. of every color is mm. that you, I mean, you, there's, there's, I mean, I, you know, I was, I was going to, I was planning on, it, at one point, like early in the book, I thought, oh, I'll just, we'll read some of these, list some of these exercises. But there's so many, and and some of, the, and there's so much about just, oh, feeling at home in our bodies. Some of them are really basic things. And They're touch, right? right? They're like, when were you t- rubbing your grandmother's hands that's or right. the humming, the even, humming. which yeah. actually affects yeah, the, the vagal, vagal nerve. nerve. Yes, right. Some of these things right. about noticing and one of the exercises you have for white people, yeah. white bodies, mm-hmm. is putting yourself in a situation mm-hmm. with people of color mm-hmm. and noticing what happens in your body and mm-hmm. how you feel. Notice the rage. Notice the silence. Notice all of the stuff. And that's the culture building that I'm talking about. That's mm-hmm. the container building. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, right? And and that's that's later on in the book. The yes. first part of it is yes. getting with other white people. Right. And notice what's... Because, that, well, see, see, that's, and, that's and the one thing that white people want to do. That's where I feel like also what you're saying is different from this DEI thing yes. we're doing. Because it seems to me... I mean, first of all, it's a new field, as you know. Right. There's a lot of... Bad practice out a there. Lot. There's good practice, yeah. but there's bad. We we're, yeah. we're working with some fantastic right. people, right. but um, but still, what? It's a frontier, and everybody's yeah. new on it. Yeah. And and it, I mean, I feel like a lot of it happens in workplaces, mm-hmm. and you get people in a workplace. Yeah. First of all, it's a workplace, right? right? Like That's where right. people have been trained to have boundaries right. up. And you rip these scat these wounds open. No condition. People didn't even haven't been conscious they had. That's right. And you rip them open at work, and then the process doesn't actually give people a way to walk with it and through it. And and also, I mean, you say as you said, like you're not you're not for black people and white people getting together work this out in the first instance. No, we have to do our work with us. Yes, because 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 what happens is is that when you when you bring these bodies together, right? There's th- just like you said earlier. There are things that we're communicating with each other, mm-hmm. right? There are things that me and my black body I have to begin to track in you, right? T- for my own protection. Right. Because what I know is, is that for me not to look out for that may may have me losing my job, mm-hmm. may have right. me not being able to these feed. Are, my and ba- these are absolutely reasonable this, responses. Absolutely. Yeah. This is what I said earlier about the conditioning and the tempering. Most DEI uh, uh, 
um, organizations don't spend the time conditioning and tempering the bodies. Right. They give you a, a, a thing of definitions. So read it. Here's the definition right. of it's racism. All, it's the head, the that's head right. Stuff. We but, can think better about that's this. That's right. Yeah. But it doesn't land in the body. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is that when you start to broach it because you're not yeah. contending with the historical, the intergenerational, the persistent right. institutional, or the personal tr- energy trauma, right? Yeah. What ends up happening is you wonder why it breaks apart. It breaks mm-hmm. apart because you have not done the things that you need to do in order to help people become conditioned to be able to hold race. People can't hold race. And, and I'm saying this specifically. White folks don't have to contend with race. Right. They don't have to. So when you... But com- that's something... We have had to, we have to learn That's consciously. It. That's it. Like, and create, create yeah. culture. In this culture. In yeah. that culture. I mean, I want to read, um, <laughs> I want to read a passage you wrote. Um, let's see. Hey, are we, I feel like we're so animated in here. Okay. I was like worried if the <laughs> microphones are going to be, if they can handle it. Um, okay, 36. Yeah. Like here, this is something. I mean, you know, there's so many passages I could read, but this is it's so cool to watch you read this. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, oh, because because, uh, yeah. because I'm because tracking it's... you as you're reading, it and you, yeah. the, the, there's, I'm, I'm getting this like this, <laughs> this like this. You're this scary to be with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I knew my interview is remote. <laughs> I don't have to worry about what my body is communicating. <laughs> okay, okay. So just, just this, this is one of the ways you like. You summarize in not very many words how confusing and contradictory the ways are that culturally we hold our race mm-hmm. and see others. So, so, so mm. this is because of white body supremacy. Here is how white, black, and police bodies, because that's all you talk about, police yeah. bodies. Yeah. And we're, we really, we don't have, we're yeah. not talking about that, but that's a reason to read the book. Yeah. Um, the white body sees itself as fragile and vulnerable, and it looks to police bodies for safety and protection. It sees black bodies as dangerous and needing to be controlled, yet also as potential sources of service and comfort. The black body sees the white body as privileged, controlling, and dangerous. It is conflicted about the police body, which it sees as sometimes a source of protection sometimes a source of danger, and sometimes both at once. The police body sees black bodies as often dangerous and disruptive, as well as superhumanly powerful and impervious to pain. Which is just, um, it's just like, it's just scratching the surface of, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe this is also what's missing from this this reckoning we're trying to do, just acknowledging what knots we've tied ourselves in, literally. Literally. Our nervous systems yep. are in knots. Yep. And these, in, in, in that passage, I have now four people in my family that are police officers, mm. right? Um, and um, and I, they are very, very dear and close to me. All of them talk to me about being a black police officer and how the blues that they get from be, from being a police officer, right, um, within the organization of policing. Mm. 
right? In that, in that this is why I'm saying this is not, racialization is not just attributable to a particular um, uh, vocation or identity. Like when white people, when I had a guy come up to me after uh, I got off stage one time and he says to me, well, I was poor, so I really, me and you are the same. I mean, I kind of get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, I say, have you ever talked to a poor black person in your life? Do you think you have the same experience? Do you think you may deal with some very difficult things, but you're not dealing with this piece? Mm-hmm. And this piece mm-hmm. is central to America. Um, race and racialization and white body supremacy existed before America became America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the passage that you just that you just wrote, that you just read is is talking is really is about the interweaving of things and how regardless of the organization or the vocation or the identity, this idea of racialization is is woven into the DNA of it. And so and so that's why the knots are there. Right. I wanted this book and in my in my next book. I want the books to be where people read them and they go, ah, oh, there are the knots. Now what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, me, Krista Tippett, how do I now bring some other white folks together mm-hmm. and deal with race specifically? <laughs> how do I begin to work through those knots? And I know this is, this is one of the things I've been telling people lately. It's going to take one to three years before white folks, as you go through this stuff. Yeah. Takes at least one to three years before white folks even know what it is. Yeah. Embodied. It's it's new. It's yeah. a new way, and as we're saying, it's like based in new science. Yeah. And um, yeah. I. So how, how are you? Uh, this is this is interesting. How are you doing as we're doing this? Like, what do, what do you? What's coming up for you as we're um, doing this? Well. You know, I think what's coming up as we're doing this is what came up as I was reading this, which is a continuation of things that I, you know, have been thinking about and working on from different angles without reaching anything like conclusion or perfection, right? right? right. But um, one thing, I'll tell you one thing um, that I was thinking about uh, last night is um, somewhere you say... You know that there. I think you say that um, that that the healing is a continuum. Yeah. That it's not an endpoint. It's not like any of us are walking towards being fully enlightened or fully fully healed of this. But you say, but healing that, that in this in this path of healing, it's there are innumerable points between utter brokenness and total health. Yeah. So I feel. I'm going to use the word privileged in a different way. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel privileged to have been in a conversation and relationship with a lot of people who are kind of on the front lines of this, um, black and white. um, So they have been forcing me to, and, you know, in our workplace, we're trying to do this. And um, so I think that at the very least, I've let myself in for some of the discomfort. And... um, but what I keep noticing, and this is why your idea of a continuum of healing was really helpful, you know, it, it feels like it starts and stops, right? So I'm reading your book, and you have all these exercises. And one thing I became aware of is um, 
um, mm. the new discomfort yeah. that that um, as you start to notice how you like how you are moving through the world at this at this animal level, which is how I think of it, like how we're, how my body is doing, it starts to feel unbearable. Right, and so last night it was just, and it's not like the first time it's hit me. It's not the last time it'll hit me, but I just, I just, it felt unbearable. It's embarrassing. It feels like, how could I ever get past this? And how did I live so long? And this was happening in me, and like, and it, but it's like it becomes unbearable. It's like I can't carry it anymore. And like, part of me because I've lived for a while. And I've done some good therapy. It's like I do actually know that that point where you feel like you can't survive it because you actually feel it is a point on the way. But it's, right, it's like you have to be ready for this too. It's not just this hearts and flowers and, oh, it's all better. Yeah. Thank you for that. that what you just said, I think for specific for for specifically your white listeners, I think is really important. It's because that 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 and if you could have saw her face <laughs> when she was talking about the unbearableness of it, it really is like almost a disgust response. Like how yeah. and, right? It's almost like this alien that's, being that's like attached yeah, to your yeah, muscle and yeah, your bones. Yeah. My solar plexus right. is where it turns yeah. up. And that's where that is where um that is where strategy becomes inadequate. Right. 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 That's what I mean. Like mm-hmm. that that place right there is either you're going to get back up and get another rep in or because of your privilege, you're just going to put the book away and never pick it up again. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody will ever know. Yeah. And and that's the piece that I'm trying to get people to understand, specifically white people, is that yeah. you're going to have to build culture and community to be able to hold this. Your niceness is inadequate to deal with the level of brutality that has occurred. Mm-hmm. Your niceness, I'm glad you're nice to me, but don't attribute that niceness as anti-racist, embodied anti-racist practice. That's why I put the practices in there, right? right, right. I, the reason why I call them practices is because just like anything, if I'm going to play piano and I'm going to uh, someday hope to be in, at Carnegie Hall, I better practice, right? And that's the same thing with that. So, so what mm-hmm. you just said, the look on your face and what you and the way you were touching your body, mm-hmm. those are the pieces that I say when 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 you get to that place, stay there. Right. Right. Pause. Yeah. Stay with that because that's the stuff. Not, oh, I'm here and you know what I really need to do is go to a Bernie rally. No, you need, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need, you, right? Stay with that mm-hmm. and then see what comes next, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the piece. Mm-hmm. This is not about, and so that's why I asked you the question because mm-hmm. you felt very pregnant to my, mm-hmm. not pregnant in terms of, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and so that's why I asked you the question, mm-hmm. is that that is a very important place that I think white bodies get to sometimes, right? And they either genuflect to process or strategy, right. and then they never— How do we get they, rid of it? That's right. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm yeah. going to go do some yoga. I'm going to eat a yeah. whole bunch of kale. Yeah. Or what, no, <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm, but I'm going to do yeah, this I thing. Did, I did yoga. But, <laughs> 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 But yeah. you see what I mean? But, yeah. but, but then the rep is to come back yeah. specifically around race. Come back to You know, again. you say, you have this image um, in your work um, about, you know, that 
that like part of our civilizational work, our national work, our political work is to each of us settle in our bodies in a new way. And then the image that I love is that we have to settle in our bodies together That's collectively. It. That's it. I mean, this is like not a fair question or request, but um, uh, if you, if I asked you to like how just to, to you know, and you have different exercises mm-hmm. for black bodies and, and white bodies mm-hmm. and police bodies, but so maybe a couple of exercises. But would you just kind of demonstrate yeah. like for people who would be listening, yeah. who, you know, haven't read the book, don't know what we're talking about, you know, a beginning, you know, a beginning exercise. And it could be a couple of beginning exercises right. for different kinds of people. Right. I'm just going to tweak the, the language a little bit yeah. and, and call it practice. Practice, yeah. Right. Because yeah. exercises. It, it, it speak. It kind of talks. You know, I'm gonna do it one time or something. But, but yeah. practices, yeah. I'm gonna keep coming back because I want to get better. I also right? you you um, talked about how your mother and your grandmother again, yeah. how they just modeled this for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The, that the that um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, there is no failure. There is only practice. Yes, that's exactly right. And you also, yeah. I want you to say a little bit about what you mean. I think this is connected, that self-discipline is self-love. self-love. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just to set the scene for why we practice. Yeah, so, 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 so. Um, I also heard a quote recently by uh, Nelson Mandela that I never heard before where he says that I never lose. I either win or I learn. That's good. Ain't that good? Yeah, ain't that really good? good? My wife is tired of me saying it because I just because I just said. It. But 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 the the idea that we're going to get through this without experiencing dirty and clean pain, mm-hmm. right, is a fallacy. And say a little bit about dirty. And clean so pain. Dir- dirty pain is that pain that you know you should be doing something else, and you refuse to do the something else. Yeah. The clean pain, and, and as adults, we don't get the choice between um, pain and no pain. We usually get the choice between choosing between clean pain or clean discomfort and dirty discomfort, okay. right? Anybody that's been through a divorce, anybody that's been through a breakup, you know the difference between clean and dirty. You're sitting there with the person and something is saying you is, is inside you is saying, you know, you really need to not be here. And you go, well, I think I'm going to do it for another two years, <laughs> right? Right, right? That's the dirty, right? Okay. The clean is, is painful too, but it has the ability to build capacity, Right. Because the more reps you get in. Right. The more you start to understand nuance. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The more you start to understand your own resonance and dissonance. Mm -hmm. Right. The more you start to understand the constrictions and the openness. Right. But if you don't get the reps in, you won't understand it. It's purely an intellectual exercise. And many white people think about race in that way. Well, I know or I did this or I did that. There's a whole different process when you're talking about embodied anti-racist practices. As you begin to do that, all of a sudden other things start to come about that would not have come if you hadn't done that particular thing. Does that that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so in terms of a practice, this is a very this is a just very simple practice. So one of them is that if you're list if you're listening to me right now, one of the things I want you to do is I want you to just to sit for a second, and um, we're, we're I don't I'm not going to take you through a yoga exercise or anything. I just want you just to sit, right? And I want you just to stare straight ahead. If you're in a car, pull over, <laughs> right? But but uh, just stare straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. 
And as you're looking straight ahead, just notice what is actually landed and what is actually still kind of in the air. We're only going to do this for a very short part of, uh, amount of time. And, 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 and this is where the Vimbas come in. Vimbas are V-I-M-B-A-S. Vibes, images and thoughts, meaning, behavior, affect, and sensations. So all you're doing is just kind of noticing what's happening. Noticing how much you dislike my voice. Noticing how much you dislike or you like uh, some of the things that Krista said. No, just notice those pieces. Now what I want you to do is look straight ahead, but now what I want you to do is look over your left shoulder and use your neck and your hips. So turn and look over your shoulder. And then come back to center and now look up and look down. Come back to center. And now look over your right shoulder using your neck and your hips. And the reason why you use your neck and your hips is I want you to engage that psoas and engage the, some parts of the, the vagal. And then now come forward. And now just be quiet and notice what's different. Hmm. What'd you notice? Well, I was I was kind of aware that I was half thinking about what it was going to come next, but yeah. I don't know. I felt more settled. More settled. I felt, and and there was also a feeling of um, there was kind of a feeling of comfort. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things about the animal part of the body is that even though me and you are in this room, this nice place is a beautiful, safe place. You've made it your own. All that different type of stuff. There is a part of the body. Right? That's saying, yeah, but what else is going to happen? Yeah. Right? And the reason why, especially when I'm working with bodies of culture, one of the first things I have them do is orient. Just like, like, like orient to the room, right? Mm-hmm. Not orient in a mystical way, but actually mm-hmm. literally because, because the black body has been ripped apart for 400 years, right? Because it is being um, institu- uh, uh, organizationally, institutionally deemed as deviant, right? Structurally deemed as deviant. Mm-hmm. Many times the bodies of culture are waiting for danger. And so, so what I do a lot of times is say, okay, look behind you and use your hips, the mobilizing pieces, engage those yeah. so you can let the body know, even though you know nothing's behind you, yeah. Right. Letting the body know it actually helps some pieces. Now, if you get reps in with that, not just do it one time or just when I tell you to. Yeah. Right. What you might what you may notice is that you may have a little bit more room for other literally for other things to happen mm-hmm. that can't happen when the constriction is like that. The constriction is not bad. That's the one thing I want to tell people is yeah. like the constriction, because what people want to do is get rid of the constriction. There's something that to be learned in that. We always are looking for the destination, right? The, 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 the outcome, right? 
What I try and help people do is say, get comfortable with the process, not the outcome. Okay. Right? Get comfortable with, get more comfortable with the process, not what's going to happen at the end. You will learn things about yourself you didn't even know existed, if specifically around race. You know, that makes sense, too, in terms of how trauma is in the eternal present. Like yep. It's not, you're not remembering, it is reliving itself. Exactly. And you're like getting, you're getting, you know, just for that minute, yeah. you're actually settling in the that's real it. present. That's exactly right. Um, and, and then the body goes, oh, you mean that's there too? Right. And then, and then your body starts to do this thing where you go, well, I don't want to do that no more. And then if you can get another, yeah. there's a thing called the, um, uh, the reticular activation system, right? The RAS, right? That it's the thing where will you go buy a car mm-hmm. and, um, um, and you say, man, this is a beautiful car. Ain't nobody else got a car like this. There's this color. And then you drive off the lot. You go down five blocks and you're like, damn, that's the same. Damn, that's the. Everybody got this car, right? It was always there, but now because your brain has said this is important, right. it makes it. Sh- okay. Right? You see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. Yeah. That's why the reps are so important. Right. Because when you get the reps in, it like if you get the that reps you can in do around this race. Everywhere. That's right. Yeah. Because if you get the. That's why the reps around race is so important is that yeah. because. As you get more reps in about it, mm-hmm. all of a sudden other things start to become important that weren't important because now your brain is saying, oh, I need to read that. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to pay attention to that. Oh, I need to track her body. Oh, mm-hmm. I need to understand that. Oh, I need to ask questions about, right? That And, and now those things become attracted to you, mm-hmm. which creates more angst, which forces you to transform. Okay. Yeah, there's that hard work again. I mean, I the trauma ghosting, which I think yeah. is what you, that was a term I learned from you. And you know, I notice that whenever people interview you, they always end up talking about themselves. So I've, I've been trying not to, although you do that. But no, like that's the one where and and that we all, even in our families, right? I mean, I have a your ancestors. I have a a lot of my a lot of my father had a lot of trauma. What's your background? What, what what's the your the ethnic history? Well, my father. Is was adopted, okay. and so part of that story there is that there's no history. Of course, there is. It's in my body, but it's not. I don't know it. And so it's funny because as I've gotten older, and he was very damaged by this. So as I've gotten older, it's it's really interesting. As I get older, I start to realize that I have these instincts that come from him that weren't like like always wondering where my next meal was going to come from, even though I never. Right, I never was in a, endangered for eating, but that all my life, I would start panicking. Okay, and so this is from his childhood, which he doesn't even remember. Right, and so, but this trauma ghosting, I definitely have that. I, mean, I think a lot of people have we that, but do, we don't yeah. know where it is. It's yes. it's the thing that that if something good happens for me or to me, here we go. It, it's really scary. Like, I have no place to put that. Yeah. And so, what, and what happens if something good happens is that I am immediately, like, looking for, okay, what's going to come around the corner That's now? That's exactly right. Right? Like That's that thing, ghosting. looking behind her shoulder. Yeah. Because, and that it's actually safer yeah. to be prepared right. for what's going to come next right. than to think That's that right. it's okay to feel good. That's right. 
That's and I don't think I'm that special no, in this. No, you're not special. That's the ghosting. That that. So that's the you, what you just articulated is the ghosting, is the pass down, is the pass through, is the intergenerational stuff, right? So 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 as I'm watching, and I, I, I know I ain't supposed to be doing this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> you're doing it. <laughs> I see you doing it. I can't stop myself. Yeah. So as I'm watching you, right? Two things happened when you said the thing about your father, right? Mm-hmm. You said, um, my dad was adopted, and then you paused, right? So when if so, if I was working with you, right, one of the things I was like, that's significant. Yeah. Right? Then you did your you took your hand and you put it when you said that I, my dad, you said my dad I know my dad at some point dealt with hunger issues. Mm-hmm. I never did. Mm-hmm. But I but but that also shows up in me. And then you put it on, you put your hand on your stomach like this and then you went up your your eyes. Okay, what did that mean? Yeah, it did. It did I don't know what it means. Yeah. I would track you, but but yeah. this is why I'm, what I'm tracking you now. So as you as you did that, then you went into a story around um, uh, about how your dad uh, um, never necessarily said anything about it, mm-hmm. but you know you picked it up, and you know it's something that is now lent, that has been passed through to you, right? Mm-hmm. So. If I was working with you, one of the first things that I would have done is when you did this, mm-hmm. I would have had you hold it. Where the place in my body That's where right. I was actually That's right. F- right feeling it if I didn't even know I was feeling that's right. it there, like just, I was touching it. Yeah, just, and right yeah. now, I, yeah, would, I would just right now, I would have you. That's a, that's where this is where I carry around my yeah. when I get stressed. It's yeah, always yeah. right here. Okay, stop talking. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be in charge. I know, but just just hold it for a second okay. and then just kind of notice what comes next because that's yeah. the stuff that's good because the other thing that happened when you were doing it is that mm-hmm. your eyes did this almost kind of terror thing yeah right yeah Okay, I'll do yeah. this later. Do it later. But that's no, that, the, it but is, that's the it, piece I that happens, felt, right? Yeah. So when you do that and you hold it, then something else slides in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like you've said this, but, you know, I, I, it feels important to me right now at this moment in our, in our life together. Yeah. There's a lot of um, judging other people. Or thinking, can't they just get their act together? Or can't they just see the truth? Can't they just can't they just hear the facts? You know, and it happens on every side. That's right. And something that that you know and that you articulate so well is that, um, like, that the vagus nerve also is about safety. That yeah. there's, that there's just the core of us, the That's core right. of our bodies, right. is 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 always asking first. Is it, am I, am I in danger? Am I safe? Absolutely. And that if we don't, I mean, you really explain this to me in a, in a new way, that if we don't, like, if, if we haven't dealt with that, the facts will not penetrate. At we all. are stuck in our lizard brain. That's and it. the only thing, and I feel like so much in our society, you can look around at this group and that group yeah. and you see everybody huddling, yeah. even if they have sophisticated words That's to put exactly around it right. and strategies as mm-hmm. you say. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 that's the missing piece, right? Is that we think we think if I can just think about this differently. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Then that is in some way going to make it so we can all sing Kumbaya together. And this is why I don't, when I do my workshops and I do my experiences, I do not slam white bodies and bodies of culture together because it is unsafe. And mm-hmm. we all know it. So some of the ways we're trying to work forward, we're actually making ourselves We're hurting each other. Again. We're re-wounding each other, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and like I'm going to uh, Oakland in a couple weeks, and I've already said— I, every every experience that I go to, right, unless I'm like if I'm doing the, like a more of a workshop experience, mm-hmm. I may start off. But when we start getting into the stuff, there's separate rooms. Mm-hmm. There's separate work that has to be done. And do you get people who oh, for yeah. whom that's especially really controversial? The, especially the progressives, right? <laughs> Progressives want to want to want to fight. I I I get into more. I get into more kind of like, you know, not physical fisticuffs, but people say, "Well, we should just all just be together." Right. And I'm saying, you are all right with wounding each other. Yeah. I will not allow that to happen while I'm doing my work, mm-hmm. and it 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 takes it takes some time, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's what I'm saying. Some of the things that we go to that, quote-unquote, are supposed to help and supposed to heal, mm-hmm. really are re-wounding mm-hmm. um, and, and, and are violent. And I think that that's going to be such a relief for a lot of people to yeah. hear. Yeah. And, and also, it's, not a, it's a message of hope, yes. right? Because it yes. says there are, there are ways to heal. Yeah. And actually, oh, you know, to ask me to get into my body... There could be worse things you asked me to do, right. right? Like That's that right. is within our grasp, That's even right. if it's harder than it sounds. That's exactly right. It's, 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 so, so, so what I said earlier is that there is, a, there, there is a coupling, right? And when you begin to venture into yourself, that the energy from that coupling will present itself for you to contend with, right? Mm-hmm. And so we all have the historical we all have the intergenerational. Some of us are constantly dealing with, in one way or another, the persistent institution. That's why I don't say that specifically black bodies and bodies of culture in general do not have uh, 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 PTSD, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we don't have mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. We have persistent Traumatic stress okay. disorder. Yeah. It is continuing. Right. There is a constant attack on the black body. Right. Right? right. There's a constant need to suss out whether or not I'm safe with this white woman or this right. white man or this structure. Right. 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 And so and so those types of things need to be handled and taken care of with mm-hmm. the amount of legitimacy and the amount of care that they that they should have mm-hmm. and to slam people in the room given the given the the histories mm-hmm. that are that our bodies have 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 experienced and just slam people in the room willy-nilly mm-hmm. and then say let's talk about race yeah means that you are you are not giving um, the respect to this to the to the issue of race that it deserves. I wonder. I um, one thing that occurred to me reading your work is you know one reason that elders yeah. are so yeah. comforting and healing yeah. and and children understand that is because you know not everybody becomes an elder. Some people just get old. That's right. But if you if you get older <laughs> and wiser, tall. even yeah. a little bit, yeah. you settle into your body. That's right. That's right. You're just more integrated. You're just more there. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's this, there's a line from you, um, which really is what this all comes down to. 
which is just so kind of <laughs> sad to think. There's this basic real, human reality that all adults need to learn how to soothe and anchor themselves rather than expect or demand that others soothe them. And all adults need to heal and grow up. Yeah. And that that what we so many of the things we've done in this culture, especially around the invention of whiteness, mm-hmm. allows people to avoid yes. developing the full range or inhibits people yes. from developing the full range of yes. being a grown up. Yeah. That's a, that's that that's the that's the piece that I think gets missed. And I'm so glad you read that, that gets missed um in that book, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that when it comes to race, specifically white people, not understanding and not getting in and doing the cultural work that needs to be done actually makes you more immature. Yeah, right. So that's why when you when that's that's a lot of times why when a white when a white person comes to a person of color and tries to white explain about race and what should be happening, mm-hmm. that's why that's why people of color go. Like, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, what is what? Oh, people of culture. Like, what is mm-hmm. like? How do you even get the temerity mm-hmm. to try and ex- to explain that to me? Yeah. Right. And so, and so, that's the piece that there's a level of immaturity. It's like yeah. having my 14 year old son, tr- or you know, try and tell me something about life. I'm look. I'm like. <laughs> right. Well, it's also like the the origin of that term, like mansplaining. Yeah. Right. It's the same way that relationships exactly. between men and women exactly. haven't been grown exactly up. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to. Um, part of me wants to read or just like name some of the practices, Please. but I don't know if that'll do it justice. Well, well, you know, I, I think you get the book. That's what I think. They have to get the book. I'm going to have to like mention it, but I think if I read them here, like I'll, maybe I can mention this script. Yeah. But I, people have to read the book. They to got to the read practices. the book, and, what, like, and it's not it's not like something you read, and it's like right. something that it's a book you can live with. That's it's right. a book of practices that you most can accompany of the people. Most of the people that, that and I've learned this over the right. over the last couple of years. Most yeah. of the people that read my book actually go through my book nine times, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they because they learn they, they mm-hmm. as they go through the practices, mm-hmm. each at each level the practices become deepened. Mm-hmm. Right, so you go back through and you do the practice again. Mm-hmm. Now, I probably shouldn't say this because my my publisher doesn't like me saying doesn't like me saying this because they want me to hurry up and get done with the next book. But this book, for me, my grandmother's hands. Um, what I found is that people who are who who keep going through it, go through it, go through it, go through it. It deepens their level of understanding about yeah. about themselves and their people. And again, you know, I just want to reiterate: like you start with. Things that are maybe uncomfortable, but yes. not hard to do, not hard. right? Like put yourself in situations. That's right. That's right. If you're a white person, That's right. go someplace where there are going to be a lot of black bodies, That's right. That's right. and just feel what happens in your body, and then and, and go back again. That's right. And then yeah. and then once you get and home, and it can be a church service. That's right. And then yeah. once you get home, yeah, pause. The pausing is the most important piece. Pause. Mm-hmm. Sit with it. Notice the rage. Now, there are going to be some people that are listening to me and say, well, I... I don't have rage. I don't have rage. Yeah. Watch. Notice that one of your ancestors may show up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not as an image, but as a sense. Mm-hmm. And what about what about a person of color, yeah. an exercise, yeah. like a starting... What well, would your name? Well, th- th- that's a big one, right? Yeah. And so so one, of the, one, one of the things that I would say is for... for uh, for uh, people of culture, is 
whenever, and this is similar to what I did that's more of a general, yeah. whenever you go into a room, even if it's in your own house, stop, use your neck and your hips, and look around okay. and pause. Given our experience in terms of indigenous people, given our experience in terms of black people, um, there has been real things that have happened to us from behind. Getting whipped, having to run, having to fight, all of those pieces, there's a stuckness that can happen in the body that gets passed down. And by the time you get it, you just have a notion of it. Hmm. Right? It's, 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 it's energetically some notion, right? And what just the orienting does is allow you to go, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. Because my body just did something that it wasn't doing before I did that. That's it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> There's so many other things. I, <laughs> so many other but but Have me come back. Amazing. I'd love to come yeah. back and do it no, with you. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, if I ask you, um, through this life you've led and this knowledge you've taken in and um, that you teach people, like how how would you say how would you start to answer the question about how your sense of your sense of what it means to be human, yeah. how that is evolving, what, how you'd start to think that through right now. I think what it means to be human is to realize that um, we are ever emerging and that, that, that we are not machines. We are not flesh machines. We are not, you know, robots. We, are, we, 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 uh, we come from and a part of creation. And that that cannot just be a, a something we talk about when we go to a yoga retreat, right? Mm. That it has to be a lived, emergent ethos. Um, and that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, Dr., one of my ancestors, Dr. King, talked about how when people who 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 um, people who love peace have to organize as well as people who love war, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, what that means is that it's about work. It's about action. It's about doing. It's about pausing. It's about allowing. The reason why we want to heal the trauma of racialization is that it thwarts the emergence. Mm. So let's not do that. Let's condition and and create a create cultures that will allow that emergence to reign supreme so that the intrinsic value can supersede the structural value. Mm. One of the um that may be your last word, but one of the things you <laughs> this was one of the five <laughs> anchors for moving through clean pain. Yeah. The first one, anchor one. Mm-hmm. Was shut up. Shut up. Pause. Just shut up. And that's just about learning to check our impulses. That's it. That's it. 
all of your intelligence, all the thing, all of the smart things you've done. All, this is one of the things that happens with me when I'm done. When I'm done, uh, come off the stage and I'm doing like a book signing. One of the first things that that happens is that white people invariably come up to me and start rolling out their racial resume. Well, you know, I marched with such and such, and you know, I did this, and you know, I did that. Yeah. How would I know that? How would how does that matter to people of color in your community? Show me how, right? Operationally, mm-hmm. not because you're rolling out your racial resume, mm-hmm. and so that's where the shutting up comes in play, right? Mm-hmm. Just stop mm-hmm. and notice what's fueling that need to roll out that resume. Where does it land? Where is it coming? Like, just mm-hmm. work with that first, and then when it becomes too much, back out of it, leave it alone, and then come back to it again later. Okay, Rosma, I'm mm. glad you're in the world. Mm. Me too. Thank I'm glad you you're for here. coming over here today. And I'm going to say it one more time. I'm fanning out over here. <laughs> okay. You're making me happy. <laughs> that feels good in my body. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, thank you.